And back with another edition of the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Anytime you need to get a hold of Savan, it is simple. one 9646 would be the number. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We will get to the injury calculator. That is an amazing tool a little later on in the show. we got a lot of stuff to cover today, a lot of questions and emails coming from you. And uh, we always like to start, Savan, with the, uh, the week that was, some stuff that's been happening uh, in your end of the world and on your desk and within the firm. So what do you got for me? Well, let me start off, John, by... Um, telling you about this conversation that I had with uh, an individual who was cut off of long-term disability. Actually, sorry, she wasn't cut off. She was denied long-term disability by her insurance company. And uh, she suffers from from cancer that uh, she needs to have operated. Uh, she needs to have removed. So it's a serious you know, type of an illness that we're dealing with here. And we went back and forth, and I told her that I could help her. And, um, you know, we were on the verge of starting the relationship when she went radio silent. And when I, you know, got back in touch with her, because I wanted to know what is going on, I wanted to make sure that we don't just let time pass, right? I'm, we're always cognizant yeah. of the office about making sure that we uh, move claims forward as soon as possible because people need the money to survive. She came back to me and said, you know, I decided to meet with a lawyer that, uh, that is closer to me, to my house. And incidentally, just so you know, John, uh, she lives uh, in, in the GTA. Uh, our office, our main office is downtown Toronto, but we have offices in, in Ottawa. We have offices in Vancouver. We have meeting locations throughout the province uh, in Ontario. So, you know, we do work across the province. And the reason we do work across the province is because this is not how it used to be you know, five decades ago where, you know, we had no emails and people were just getting used to the idea of, of a fax machine. We live in a world today where distance doesn't actually matter as much. So I was surprised to hear that. And, you know, in my mind, as soon as she said that, I thought to myself, that's fine. I have no issue with you going with another lawyer. I mean, God bless you. I just, I hope that lawyer knows what they're doing because, you know, in a lot of smaller towns, smaller jurisdictions, you do find a lot of lawyers who say that they do everything. They do family law, they do real estate, they yeah. do immigration, they do disability. Well, you know what? It's analogous to medicine. You're not going to go today to you know, a, a surgeon who's also going to tell you that they're specialists in you know, something else like uh, being an ENT, right? Ear, nose, right. and throat specialist. Yep. You have different specialties. So you have to make sure that if you're going to a certain lawyer to help you with a legal issue, whether it's real estate or family law or disability or employment law, you go to a lawyer that knows what they're doing. Distance does not matter that much anymore. So I'm okay with her going elsewhere, but I want our listeners to understand that the reason why our practice is province-wide and even extends beyond the province, we help, I mean, other than the fact that we have an office in Vancouver, we help other individuals across the country, with the exception of Quebec, who has, um, you know, it's, it's a different animal, they have different, different laws, system. Yeah. but it's very important people understand we can help you with your disability and injury claims throughout the province of Ontario. Don't simply assume that because the lawyer next door says that he can help you or she can help you, and by the way, they can also sell your house for you, you know, that they can actually do it and do it, you know, as well as someone who that's all they do. And that's all we do. We do disability and injury law and the other lawyers in my firm do employment law. So I just want people to understand that. one 9646 is the number to get a hold of Savannah anytime. What else you got going on? I had a, a gentleman who contacted me as well. Uh, again, it's a long-term disability matter. He left work uh, at the end of January of this year. He was on short-term disability, 
And in fact, he was cut off short-term disability twice. And twice he appealed short-term disability, uh, John. You know, usually we talk about long-term disability. Yep. That's usually where people usually hit the wall. In this case, this gentleman actually had to twice fight with the insurance company for just short-term disability. And eventually he ended up getting some money from the insurance company. And of course, you know, with it, with his illness, he ended up applying for long-term disability, same insurance company. And guess what? He was denied for that as well. Huh eventually end up contacting us and now we're going to be able to help them. The reason I'm bringing this up is because, again, you know, people, whether it's because they're just not listening to us or they just don't know or they simply think, you know what, I can do this on my own, they, again, try to appeal these denials and and these cutoffs from short-term and long-term disability. And the, the reality is that the vast majority of these kinds of appeals fail. In my experience, in my experience, they fail. And they fail for a very simple reason. They fail because the insurance company is not interested in approving your claim. Now, sometimes the insurance company is right in not approving a claim. But you know, the majority of people who come to me and my colleague James, who's sometimes on the show as well, yep. the majority of people that contact us They contact us because they know they can't work because of an illness or an injury. They contact us because their doctors are telling the insurance company that they can't work. And so when we have all all, all of this information and we see the insurance company, you know, in in, uh, their own way, twisting the words of the doctor or looking for some kind of an exclusion to apply to deny the person their entitlement to long-term disability or short-term disability in this case, you know, it frustrates individuals. And so what happens is people hit their head against the wall. They try to appeal these decisions. They mm-hmm. fail. They come to us six months later, a year later, two years later. And you know, the reality is, had you come to us the first time you were denied or the first time you got cut off, we would have resolved your claim sooner than it would have taken you to realize that you ought to have come to us after three appeals. Right. So don't make that same mistake as this gentleman here. We're going to be able to help him, but he didn't have to, you know, bang his head against the wall so many times against the insurance company. I think now it's the third time. And and you know, and the reality is John also that a lot of people when they do bang their head against the wall and they get denied and cut off, they just walk away. They get yep. frustrated and they listen to someone like myself and they say, "Oh, he's a lawyer. He has a vested interest in this. Of course he's going to tell me to come to him." I don't want to get drugged through the mud. You know, the reality is this. The insurance company is banking on you walking away from your legal rights. And there's absolutely no reason why you should. If you know that you deserve those benefits, if your doctors tell you that you're unable to work because of your disability, there is no reason why this insurance company is doing what it's doing to you. Essentially, you're getting re-victimized, right? You have to suffer the health issues you're suffering. You have to work on those. And at the same time, you're asked to battle this billion-dollar insurance company. Well, don't do that. Focus on your health. Let us deal with the insurance company. And I'm telling you, John, the reason why people come to us and the reason why we have such high Google Plus reviews, if you were to go and just Google Mm -hmm. our firm, you would see what people say about us. And those are legitimate, authentic reviews of people we have helped over the years. I want to talk a little more about denials and that whole appeal process uh, when we come back, but i got to take a first break, and we will do so. The number, by the way, is one 990 9646 and it is help at Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show is on the way. Just getting warmed up right here, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The number, write it down, keep it with you, get a hold of Savannah and James anytime you need to, the rest of the firm as well. one 990 9646 is the number. It is help 
at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get to our uh, chat about the injury calculator in just a little bit here. But we uh, we kind of ended off the first segment talking about appeals with insurance companies. And they'll do it once, they'll do it twice, they'll do it three times. A couple of things I know you, James, and James have always mentioned that is once they once that first appeal is offered to you, the clock is ticking and it does not reset every time you choose to appeal. You talk about how useless for the most part, it is to appeal because you're not going to get anywhere. They're just going to keep running you around. And they want that clock to expire two years later. Then, lo and behold, you have no options, right? That's absolutely correct. And, and you know, that's called the limitation period. Right. A lot of people don't understand that we have that here in Ontario. We have that across the country. And, you know, even when you hear about famous cases, whether it's the Bill Cosby situation or O.J. Simpson or whatever it is, you have limitation periods in different contexts. So in Ontario, we have a standard two-year limitation period. In some instances, non-LTD non, uh, or non-PI, uh, personal injury, you have shorter limitation periods. But generally, for cases that we deal with, disability claims, it's two years. And it's two years from the date you were denied or cut off. What does that mean? It means that if on January 1st, 2018, you were denied long-term disability or you had an accident, a car accident, a slip and fall, you have until January 1st. 2020 to start a legal claim. If you don't do that, you then run the risk of not being able to claim compensation or benefits are owed to you. What does that mean? It means that if you were to start a legal claim against your disability insurer on January 2nd, 2020, the insurance company through their lawyers is going to come back saying, you have no right to make a claim. We're going to fight this on the basis of a limitation period. And guess what? Most likely, they will be successful, meaning most likely your entitlements would have just been extinguished. What does that mean? It means that the insurance company gets to keep all of the money that otherwise would be owed to you and your family. So very important to understand that when you're appealing these denials and these cutoffs from long-term disability, the clock is ticking. You are doing this at your own peril, at your own risk. Be very, very careful. Insurance companies would love nothing more than to see that clock run out because it means that you essentially have now uh, extinguished your your ability to to make a claim, a legal claim for those benefits that were owed to you. And I emphasize the word owed. Yeah. I'm not talking about you claiming something that you're not entitled to under the law. You are owed that money. It's no different than if a friend of yours owes you 10 bucks. After 10 years, you have no right to make that claim for the 10 bucks. You just gave him that money. That money is now not going to be coming to you. Why? Why wait that long? Why take that risk? That's what we're trying to emphasize. Don't do that. Don't go through that process. Let us handle it for you. And you know, again, John, just to backtrack a bit, some people think, why involve a lawyer? I'm going to be able to start that claim in time. You know, I know lawyers who have screwed up these limitation periods. I know lawyers who have signed people up and then shelved the case only to come back two and a half years later and say, oh my God, I forgot about it. I completely forgot about the case. So it's not just individuals who, you know, let the time lapse. It's also lawyers out there, unfortunately, who are incompetent and just don't know what they're doing or have too many cases on the go. And again, it's your case. You have to be careful. It's your money that, that, you know, that the insurance company is holding on to. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Help at the insurance lawyer dot ca. You've uh, you've been in the news quite a lot, and uh, I mean you're not used, afraid to use media to help your clients, which is which is brilliant. Like you did with uh, Mitch Murphy last year. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, if people remember that, people who have listened to that, uh, you know, some of the shows back then, um, mid last year or so. 
we had a, um, I had a client uh, from the States who came to me. He originally lived in Nova Scotia. And anyways, there was a lawyer in the States that referred him to me because, uh, because of an accident in a restaurant, he became paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, under his mother's insurance policy through work, he was supposed to get $120,000 mm-hmm. in the event that he became paralyzed. And that's what happened. And for six, uh, six years before they came to me, they were fighting with the insurance company. The insurance company would not want them to uh, get that money. They were arguing, they were making some stupid argument about the fact that he wasn't actually paralyzed, that he didn't meet you know, the criteria for the definition of disability under that policy. Long story short, we ended up um, not only starting a legal claim, uh, but we got some news coverage. We had the National Post do a story, CBC. So if you were to go on Google and type in Mitch Murphy and my last name, Tumarkin, you will see articles from the CBC, from the National Post and other media outlets where they have even pictures of, of Mitch. And, uh, you know, you, you will see uh, the story and you can read about that story. And, and, you know, I can't tell you the details of what happened because we ended up settling this case. What I can tell you is that the the media and the stories, the reporters involved were instrumental in exerting tremendous pressure on this insurance company. And look, I'm not one to litigate these kinds of cases in the public, certainly not without my client's permission. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you this, John, if I see a case that is, you know, if if the insurance company's conduct is is so abhorrent as to warrant, you know, the the media getting attracted to it and, and wanting to do a story on it, I will have no problem connecting them with, with my client or for myself Absolutely. to actually speak about the case so long as I'm not breaching any confidentiality issues. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's very important to get these stories out to the media, not only to exert the pressure on insurance companies, but also to just get this information out there so people understand that they're not alone and, you know, and, 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 and that, you know, we can do something about your situation. So, yeah, no, we've done that before. And if you remember a few years back, there was the lady... Uh, who, who uh, went to Hawaii and gave birth. Remember the million yes, dollar yes, baby case? You can Google right. that too. You know, and, and, and she was saddled by the travel insurance company with almost a million dollars worth of expenses because she was in Hawaii and she gave birth and right. they wouldn't cover her for that. Again, I was involved in that case. So, you know, if we think we can help our clients uh, with the media's help, we will certainly do that so long as we don't breach any rules. We'll take a short break. We'll bounce over to your emails. That email address, by the way, anytime is help at the insurance lawyer.ca. The number is one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. It's the insurance and injury law show. Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. And more of the insurance and injury law show. The number anytime. You know it by now. If you don't, write it down. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Mydisabilityquestions.com as well. You can go there if you have any questions in that regard. There's a drop down menu. There's a high high probability that a question like yours or your question has been asked by someone else before and answered in depth by Savan. So you can check that out as well. Uh, email. We'll get to one from Amanda. She says, uh, my father was injured pretty badly in a nursing home recently where there's been a lot of neglect. It turns out that one of the support workers there who was involved in the incident was fired right afterwards. The short story is that he fell from his bed when they tried to move him, and he suffered a spine fracture. He's in a lot of pain, and he was moved to another facility. Uh, What are his rights, and what can we do about what happened? Amanda, unfortunately, you know, the story about your father is something I've heard quite a few times. I mean, obviously, um, this 
uh, fact scenario is specific to your father's situation. Uh, But, you know, just as recently as a few weeks ago, I think there was a class action lawsuit that was initiated against um, one one of the larger nursing homes in the province. And unfortunately, we do hear quite a lot about um, retirement homes, nursing homes, those kinds of facilities who are tasked with taking care of some of the most vulnerable members of society. You know, our our fathers, our, our mothers, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, and they do a crappy job doing that. And they hire people who are either incompetent or don't have the skills or have, you know, unfavorable histories that they try to keep away from us. Look, the reality is, Amanda, that your father has a claim. In fact, I will tell you that the entire family potentially has a claim against this this nursing home. And I say that because in in personal injury uh, claims in Ontario, under the Family Law Act, family members are entitled to advance claims for compensation alongside the main claimant. So in the event of someone who is injured, if you have family members who now need to take care of that person or help that person, or if their relationship with that person has now changed because of that person's injuries, they can now advance those claims against whoever caused the injuries. And in a case like this, Amanda, you know, what you're telling me here, what you're writing is that one of the support workers who was involved in this was fired right after. I am telling you, you know, this reminds me of a case that I handled about a year ago as well, uh, where I had uh, two siblings who approached me because uh, their mother uh, also was in, an, in a nursing home and when, in the process of being moved, she, she was dropped and she broke her hip. Then she was hospitalized and several days later she, she died. She passed away. And in fact, the, the, uh, the coroner uh, uh, produced a report and there was an investigation by by the ministry. And, you know, I approached the nursing home without even initiating a legal claim and suggested to them, I I told them it might be wise if we mediate this claim, uh, this this dispute now, independently of of a legal claim. Because once I start a legal claim, you know, going back to the point we made in the last segment, John, the media would be all over it. So, you know, I wrote this 10-page letter that outlined everything, and guess what? I immediately was contacted by the insurance company for the nursing home saying, absolutely, we would like to mediate this. And what's, what, what does it mean to mediate this? It means that all the parties, the higher-ups at that nursing home, as well as my clients and myself, with the aid of a neutral third-party mediator, go into a, a room or a, or a couple of rooms and we negotiate compensation. I mean, listen, no amount of money is going to bring back their mother. Of course. This is about, this is about money at the end of the day when it comes to compensation. That, that's just the unfortunate reality. My point in telling this story is that these nursing homes, these retirement homes, we have to put their feet to the fire. And by the way, some of them are fantastic. There's some places, some facilities who are really, really good. I know from personal experience. But some of these other places, I don't know how they haven't been shut down yet. Well, the way to correct their behavior or one of the ways to correct their behaviors is through this legal process. Why? Well, because, again, the reality is, and I'm telling you now, not only as a lawyer who acts for individuals and families who have lost people to these kinds of of facilities where negligence caused injury or death, but also as a defense lawyer, as someone who's worked for insurance companies in the past, once we initiate the legal claim and there is a large payout for compensation, that corrects behavior very quickly. Because I can tell you, once compensation is paid out, heads roll in that organization. 
and they start taking corrective measures because they don't want another one of those claims uh, on, on their doorsteps. They don't want to have to deal with those and pay out, again, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of, of compensation. So if you're in that situation, in that unfortunate situation, feel free to contact me, myself or James or a member of our team. We will meet with you. We will go through everything. We'll tell you what you, your loved one, your family is entitled to. And conversely, if we don't think there is a case, we'll tell you we don't think there is a case. But generally speaking, when people like Amanda John contact our office, they contact us because they've been wronged, because their loved ones have been wronged, and because they're seeking not only compensation, but some way of correcting this behavior of this facility so that other people don't get injured or die in the same manner. We're going to talk about the injury calculator after we take a short break, but that phone call, it's easy to make. You'll get a hold of Savan right away, member of his team. It's one 990 Email, by the way, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, and it's on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Savan, James, the rest of the team, that's the number you use. Email help at the insurance lawyer dot say. We'll bounce over to another email here in just a moment. Wanted to talk about since I've mentioned it three or four times since the uh, beginning of the day, and that is the injury calculator. We love this tool. Tell me more about it. Well, it's an online tool that we developed a few years back, and what it is is it allows people who've been injured as a result of someone else's negligence, be it a car accident or a slip and fall. Any, anything of the sort, uh, to go onto this calculator, input a few key pieces of information, such as the type of injury, you know, let's say it's, a, it's an ankle fracture or a shoulder tear or, or a, an injured back or a concussion, and it allows them within seconds to figure out what kind of compensation they are looking at in terms of pain and suffering. So this is very important to understand. The calculator gives you an idea, gives you a range of what other cases like yours or, or similar to yours in terms of injury have been able to garner in the courts across Canada. So somebody, for example, with an ankle fracture uh, where the person has had surgery may be entitled to, let's say, thirty to $40,000 for pain and suffering. Well, how do we know that? Because we look at other similar cases from across Ontario, British Columbia, and other jurisdictions across the country. And we, you know, when you input the information through the calculator, it scans those other cases, tries to find cases that are similar to yours, and then tells you, here's the range of pain and suffering compensation damages, dollar value for your pain and suffering that other, the judges have awarded in the past. What it doesn't do, however, is it doesn't give you an estimation of how much, uh, you know, you've lost in terms of your work if you can't work because of your injury, because it's specific to you. Yes. So that's why when you go through this calculator, you know, if, if you're satisfied with the result, that's great. You can just close the browser. But if you want to have a conversation with us or get a more detailed assessment about your specific case, at the end of that uh, calculator, you know, when you go to the end and you get the result, you can press submit. And then we get that, uh, that submission. I get it actually directly. And then you and I can have a discussion as to your specific case, figure out what other types of damages or compensation you may be entitled to. So again, John, it's something that is free to use. It's anonymous unless you press submit and then I get your information. Mm -hmm. If you don't press that, I'll never know you were even on this calculator. And it's been used literally thousands of times across the country. It's very, very popular and it's very effective. 
and I think it's worth mentioning the the other types of damages. I mean, those could dwarf the uh, the injury calculator amount, right? So people should be aware of that to continue on after just simply doing that and saying, hey, maybe there's something else that Savan needs to look at, right? Absolutely. I mean, imagine imagine that you are a transcriptionist in a hospital, uh, or, or imagine you're an orthopedic surgeon, you know, that needs needs his or her hands, and imagine you suffered, you know, a crush injury to your hand. Well, the crush injury may be worth, I don't know, fifty thousand dollars as an example. But what about all the money you're going to be losing now because you can't work in the profession that you've chosen and you've trained in? You know, so you can have a case where your pain and suffering aspect of your case is worth, let's say, twenty, thirty, forty, even even a hundred thousand dollars or more. But your income losses could be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. And what about changes to your home? Let's say because of your injury, it's a, a hip fracture. Let's say you now need modification to your home in terms of being able to go up and down the stairs. Let's say that costs you twenty-five grand. Well, again, those are extra uh, amounts of damages or losses you've suffered. And those are things we can claim for you when we start a legal claim for compensation. So when you're looking at the vast scope of compensation that a person is entitled to under the law, you're not just looking at pain and suffering. But the calculator specifically deals with pain and suffering because we have cases that talk about that. Whereas the other types of damage, be it uh, out-of-pocket expenses or expenses for rehabilitation or income losses, those are very fact-specific. And you know we provide that information to individuals, again, for free doesn't cost anything for these consultations. But you're right, John, you can have a case where somebody receives, let's say, $20,000 for pain and suffering and $200,000 for their income losses. Right. I mean, you know, you have to be careful in how you, you assess, you know, your case. You, you can't just look at the calculator and say, this is all I'm owed, only $20,000. Your case can be worth a lot more than that, but that's just a starting point. So you know when you when you start a a claim for long term disability and uh, you know just your luck you're dealing with an adjuster who doesn't get back the emails he doesn't call you back the contact is lousy what do you do well so first of all that's usually the complaints that I get from people who come to me because they haven't been able to reach their adjusters right or sometimes I get people calling me because they have lawyers dealing with their claims but their lawyers are not getting back to them so let's just deal with what happens if you're dealing with an adjuster that's unresponsive. Well, it's a very simple remedy that we have. It's a legal claim. What does that mean? It means that once we start a, the legal process with the insurance company, the, the, the adjuster can't simply ignore it because now the clock is ticking from a legal standpoint. In other words, the courts are now involved. Again, what does that mean? It means that if the insurance company or the adjuster doesn't respond, we can note the insurance company in default. We can actually go and seek redress or we can get, you know, we can go and seek a, a remedies, the compensation we're seeking from the insurance company through the courts. Insurance companies don't do that. They, they don't like, uh, you know, once, once, once you have a legal claim that's, a, that's in play, the claim usually internally within the insurance company shifts to a different adjuster and adjuster that deals with legal claims. There is a lawyer that gets involved for the insurance company and that's when we get everything put back on track. So if you're facing a situation like that where the adjuster is just unresponsive, there's a very, very easy way to remedy that. Give me a call, send me an email, I'll tell you what needs to be done. But generally speaking, if we think that the insurance company is just dragging their heels, we start a legal claim and then trust me, they're not going to do that because they have no choice. They have to respond. If this is you, get on it. The number is one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Email is help at the insurance lawyer dot c. And as we mentioned off the top of this segment, 
if you haven't checked it out, even if just for interest, injurycalculator.ca as well. Find out how much your pain and suffering, that component of your claim should be anyway. It's simple. It's anonymous. takes about 30 seconds and you can walk away. Or there's a submission bottom at the bo- button at the bottom. You can get a hold of Savan and his team there. Still more to go here. We'll get back to more of your emails in the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. To get a hold of Savan, one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, which is exactly where I'm going to go right now. Next one up is uh, Gregory. Gregory writes in, says, "How do you suggest that I deal with my case manager regarding my LTD disability claim uh, when every medical report I give her she ignores? She said that I will be cut off in June after being on LTD for over a year." for Parkinson's, but my doctors are saying that my condition's actually getting worse. I'm 54 and I worked in a physically demanding job. My son helps me at home now and this disability payment is my primary income. I need it. If they cut me off, I won't be able to stay in my house. That's brutal. It is brutal, but the good news is that they haven't cut Gregory off yet. yet. So in cases where the insurance company tells you ahead of time that they're going to cut you off, in this case, to Gregory, they're telling him that he's going to be cut off in June. We call that anticipatory breach. Why? Because we're saying we're anticipating that the insurance company is going to be breaching the contract, the contract being the LTD policy uh, that, is, that is in place. And what does that mean? It means that once we take that position that the insurance company is committing anticipatory breach, we can start a legal claim now. Again, what does that mean? It means that we are going to minimize the amount of time that Gregory is going to be without any money. One of the things that I will tell Gregory in his case is that, and I'm not sure he hasn't mentioned it in his email, is that he should be applying for CPP disability. And he should do that for two reasons. Number one, by applying for CPP disability and getting approved, you're going to start getting money in. Uh, and, and that's really important because that's independent of the issue with his insurance company. The other reason is because if he gets approved for CPP disability, it's another uh, um, arrow you know, that, that, that we can shoot at the insurance company when we start a legal claim by saying, aha, you see the, the government has approved Gregory with his Parkinson's condition right. uh, as being severely disabled and unable to work. And so therefore you have no leg to stand on when you say that he is not disabled or is able to work. Now, the fact that the case manager is ignoring every medical report that he gives her indicates to me that obviously the uh, doctors that Greg Riggs is going to are supporting him being off work. And again, why is that important? Because I'm going to want to see the entire insurance file for Gregory. I want to see on what basis is this uh, case manager or adjuster ignoring the medical reports of presumably the specialists who are treating Gregory. And why that? Why is that important? Because that's going to be you know, the crux of the case. I'm going to use that information to undermine the insurance company's position. And you know, John, I've done so many of these cases. I have been around the block with so many of these insurance companies and adjusters. And I can't tell you how many times I have started legal claims only to get uh, the newly appointed defense lawyer for the insurance company contacting me off the record and telling me they have no idea why the previous case manager who was handling the claim in the first place cut the person off. Mm-hmm. You know, and in a way, they're echoing some of the frustration that I used to feel when I used to work for insurance companies, right? Insurance companies, you know, they their objective is to make money. And again, one of the ways they make money is by cutting people off. They They... 
ignore you know medical reports which are as clear as day that say that an individual can't work uh, they ignore doctors' recommendations, and oftentimes they do that without even consulting their own medical uh, staff. Because right. a lot of these insurance companies actually have medical doctors, nurses, and other you know professionals on standby and on payroll. And in many of these instances, these case adjusters or case managers just don't go to their own uh, experts and ask those experts if they should be cutting the person off. They just make a unilateral decision. And, and these case managers don't usually have medical expertise. They don't have a medical background. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've had many cases where once the defense lawyer was appointed after I became involved in the case, where they tried to settle the case or offer to reinstate the individual or even offer to uh, not cut off the person. Right? Again, remember, Gregory is contacting us now. We're in May, and he's telling us that he was told that in June he's going to get cut off. Maybe I'll be able to help Gregory uh, with his insurance company dispute. Right. Maybe I'll be able to get the insurance company not to cut him off. But if I won't be able to do that, I can guarantee you, John, we're going to start a legal claim, and we're going to bring this to a resolution fairly quickly. As far as LTD policies are concerned, generally, uh, how long do they last for? Two years, five years, indefinitely? That's an excellent question because a lot of people assume that LTD policies take you to age 65. And the reality is that, yes, the majority do, but some of them do not. Some of them are two-year policies. Some of them are five-year policies. Some of them actually take you beyond age 65. And the reason why this is important is because if you have LTD coverage through work, a lot of workplaces, uh, as part of their benefits package, provide long-term disability coverage. Make sure that you look at the provisions of that policy because in many instances, the types of long-term disability coverages that are available to employees are not necessarily the ones that you would want. In other words, they would take you only for two years or five years. That means that if you really are concerned that you know you need extra coverage, you may want to go independently and get a policy for yourself that takes you until at least age 65. So that's the answer. The answer is that it depends. The majority of policies take you to age 65, but some of them take you only for a few years and some of them actually extend beyond 65. You should look at your specific policy. You always have questions and comments. You can uh, tell Savannah. You can let him know. Ask him any questions you'd like uh, when the show's not on. That is one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Email by the way, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and find out exactly what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be, or a friend or a family member. Injurycalculator.ca as well. We'll take uh, one more short break and get back to it and wrap up the insurance and injury law show. Global News Radio six forty Toronto. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca is the email address. Nancy used it and uh, she wants some answers. She says, I've seen a friend of mine go through some rough times recently with the loss of his parents in a car accident. He's 32 and has been battling mental illness for quite some time, and his parents' accident significantly aggravated his condition. Makes sense. His psychiatrist uh, has him on heavy meds. He applied for LTD but was told that since he has a physical job, he's a personal support worker, he uh, should be able to carry on, but that's just not possible. They denied his claim. Can you help him? What do we do next? You know, Nancy, I have seen so many cases like your friends where an individual has a physical type job. And by physical type job, we mean something that requires them to either lift things or move things or walk or things like that. And because they're dealing with psychiatric or psychological types of illnesses or disabilities, the insurance company takes the position that the two are unrelated. And the reality is that nothing can be further than the truth, uh, from the truth. And you, you can talk to any... Uh, psychologists or psychiatrists out there and they will tell you 
that those kinds of conditions and disabilities can be just absolutely catastrophic. I mean, I remember a case that I was handling where uh, there was a lady who was involved in a fairly minor car accident, but she developed psychiatric issues as a result. And at some point she had to be hospitalized as a result of those psychiatric issues. I mean, that case, that lady became under the law, uh, recognizes a catastrophic uh, case, a catastrophic impairment that she was suffering from. You know, to say that because your friend is battling this mental illness, particularly since he lost his parents in a car accident, and that he should be able to just get up in the morning like everyone else and go do his job, that's absolutely preposterous. And I'll tell you, in these kinds of cases, when I start legal claims, I get the insurance company to the table so fast, it's like lightning. Now again, it doesn't necessarily mean that in every situation like this, the insurance company is gonna play ball, but that's the whole point of a legal claim because once I start a legal claim, they can't just give me some fluffy excuse as to why they're not gonna pay or why they're gonna keep denying the claim. They have to understand that if they continue to drag their heels, if they continue to deny what is rightfully owed to this individual, I'm going to get them before a judge and they're, they don't want to be there. Trust me when I tell you they do not want to be there. They're going to get chastised and they also open themselves up in claims like these to bad faith or punitive di- uh, uh, type claims. And again, what does that mean? It means that a court, a judge in his or her discretion is able to award uh, damages which are meant to punish the insurance company. And that's happened before in Canadian legal history where insurance company uh, insurance companies were, were saddled with significant punitive and aggravated uh, uh, damages claims. So, you know, first of all, Nancy, I want to say that I'm so happy that, you know, you took the initiative and are helping your friend. Uh, and I would love nothing more than to speak with your friend and understand a bit more about what he's going through, review some of the uh, the documentation that have, has been provided to the insurance company. But I can tell you, we can definitely help uh, your friend and he's not going to have to deal with the insurance company. I'm going to deal with the insurance company directly on his behalf. You know, you, you made a mention of car accidents there. So the question is, when it comes to car accidents involving pedestrians, which happens quite a lot, and I mean literally weekly, we see somebody getting hit by a car somewhere in the GTA, uh, whether death or severe injury or otherwise, uh, is the law any different? Like who pays the initial benefits like income replacement? Well, yeah, you're right, John. I mean, that happens quite a lot. And oftentimes people don't understand that, you know, th- we have insurance policies in place to respond to these claims. So if you're a pedestrian and, and you are struck by a vehicle, uh, you know, unlike in a regular negligence claim, let's say two car collision, where if you were injured, you have to prove that the other driver caused the accident. Sometimes it's, you know, it's self-evident, but sometimes you have to prove it through witnesses or the police report, etc. If you're a pedestrian and you were struck by a car, the law actually reverses that onus. In other words, the driver has to prove that he or she were not negligent. So it makes it easier for you to claim compensation. Now, if you as a pedestrian also hold an automobile policy, in other words, if you were just, you know, taking a stroll, John, uh, just walking uh, on on the street and crossing, uh, you know, a, a, a crosswalk, but you also have an auto policy because you drive and you were injured in a situation like this, you can claim accident benefits from your own automobile policy, even though you were just a pedestrian at this point in time. But if you don't have an auto policy, well, then guess what? The insurance policy of the driver that struck you is going to have to pay you accident benefits in addition to potential compensation for your pain and suffering, income losses, etc. 
So again, the law is not 100% clear when it comes to this. And again, I'm going to loop back to how we started this show. You want to make sure that if you're in that situation or you know someone in that situation, that you consult an injury lawyer, someone who deals in this area of law. You don't want to go to someone who also does family law and estates law and real estate and and, and immigration. You want to go to someone who understands injury law, disability law specifically, so they can help you claim and maximize the amount of benefits that you are entitled to and that your family may be entitled to. Before we uh, we wrap, give me some details on fightformyltd.com because I did mention it off the top of the show. That's right. That's another website that's been um, utilized uh, uh, quite a lot. And, and we created that website because, you know, oftentimes people who are fighting uh, their disability insurance companies or even are concerned that they're going to get cut off they just want some advice, but for whatever reason, they don't want to call a lawyer. They don't want to email a lawyer. Well, guess what? You go to that website, which is completely free. On the left side of the screen, you're going to see some information that may help you with your claim or may help you understand your claim. And then on the right side, there are five simple questions that if you were to answer those and click submit, I get that. And I can tell you fairly quickly within minutes if you have a case or not against your insurance company. Sometimes I'll need some more information, but generally speaking, through those five questions, Uh, that you answer, which will take you no more than 10 seconds, I can tell you, again, free of charge, whether or not you have a case against your disability insurer for long-term disability or for short-term disability. Very, very easy tool, just like the injury calculator. We've created it just to provide people with the ability to make informed decisions about how they want to proceed without any commitment, without having to pay anything and, and, you know, staying anonymously if if they don't want to reach out beyond just getting that initial information. Another good show, my friend. We'll take it from there. Until next week, uh, some ways to contact Savan, James, the rest of the team. Phone number number one, one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Email is another option as well. That is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Till next time, this has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show right here. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.